DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Tom Homo, BYU Athletic Director. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is now in an extreme drought. Currently, that is why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Tom, good morning. Good morning, DJ. How you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us on such short notice. We appreciate it. And... There are many questions we're about to ask you that, honestly, I don't know that you can 100% guarantee us the answer is right. Uh, so I want to start with an impossible question. Are you ready? Sure. That's a good way to start. Yeah. If name, image, and likeness had been a deal, say, 50 years ago, which cougar would have earned the most money, Jimmer or Jim McMahon? Well, I think Jimmer probably could be – it's hard to say because Jimmer was in a little bit more of the information age. Mm-hmm think uh, he was the player of the year. That's an impossible question. You're right. <laughs> but I think both of those two would be, would uh, both of those guys would be in a position to be able to uh, take advantage of name, image, and likeness. So at your media day, Tom, you guys were ahead of the game. There was a phrase, it's something for life. I'm, it's escaping me what you guys called it. Uh, built for built life. For yeah. And so obviously you're trying to get uh, uh, basically get your arms around this as far as uh, po- as much as possible. Uh, what jurisdiction or power or influence and all that stuff is the university going to have over kids as they start to go? Because we've seen already a couple on social media basically say, hey, I'm available. Let me help you. <laughs> um, it's a very good question. We feel that it's our responsibility to help educate them and train them. There's ways we can do that. I think a lot of these young people are in for a, a great learning experience, which will come with some good experiences and some really tough experiences. Right now, that's what we're trying to do with Built for Life, is to accelerate programs that will help them learn how best to deal with these types of opportunities to make money. Uh, as you two and I know, who have been at this for a long time, the best way is not to say, hey, come, I'm available, come get me. You graduate, you get a great degree, you go out and get a good job, and you go to work five days a week from nine to five. That's how you start making money. From there, you know, maybe some creativity, some good breaks, some good uh, elbow grease, and you, you make a, a, a bigger amounts of money. But I think the key thing is trying to help them understand and prepare them for a job. So do you have companies already contacting your kids or your, uh, your uh, coaches and administrators? Are you already hearing from the community about wanting to get on board with this? I mean, BYU is a pretty powerful brand, but it's especially a pretty powerful brand within 10 or 20 miles of campus. Yeah, I think the answer to that question is yes, 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 but in minimal um, opportunities. Some of our um, some people's companies in the state have come to us ahead of time. We're friends with them and said, hey, we would like to be involved in this. We think that we could use a few athletes, and we'd like to, in advertising. That's something that's kosher. You can work. You can make that work. I think there's other people that are not coming to us, and they're just going right to the athletes, which is legal. That's fine. The issue that's really it's hard for us to deal with is 
we're I feel like I, mean, I love these kids and we're with them a lot. We have a lot to do with their growth and development during this pay, period of time in their lives. And I just know that there's a lot of unscrupulous people out there that are going to take advantage of them. And that's why I'm saying with Built for Life and with the things that we're going to do with NIL behind the scenes, not just seeing how much money they can make, but we're trying to prepare them for these experiences that they are going to have if they get involved. Some are going to be great and some are going to be really bad. So is the so-called maybe seediness side of it, is that what concerns you the most? Um, I don't, I think the, the one thing that concerns me the most is just that they, they have a, an opportunity to learn about what they can expect. And then it's never going to be exactly, we, we, we go and we take classes in college and we learn and then we go out to the world and it's not quite how they taught us in college, but we have an idea of how it's going to be. And we, we've done this for years. Every school in the state has educated their student athletes. And it's not just about football and baseball and basketball and soccer. It's about a relationship. And it's about the way that we connect with our student athletes. And this just speeds it up about 100 times what has been in the past. Tom Homo joined us, BYU Athletic Director. Is this going to significantly change recruiting? I mean, they've already been kids, players, middle men running around with their hands out. Is there going to be more of that? Is this going to make Kalani's head explode? Well, I think it adds another component, a pretty significant component. But if you're like you guys have been in the business a long time, you realize that there's been a lot of under the table dealings that are not have not been legal with the NCAA that have been occurring from uh, free lunch to tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. This right now opens the doors and kind of what they're saying is it lets the market go and see what happens. And I think that you're going to have recruiters that are still going to cheat. There's still, there's rules in NIL. This isn't just, uh, all Katie bar the door, this is all down. This is, there's going to be people that still break rules. There's rules that say that you can't entice people to come to your school. You can't do that by just giving them money. Is that going to happen? Yeah, you all know that's going to happen. But we, you'd like to think that there's enough people that are in the NCAA, in membership schools, coaches, administrators, presidents, all those involved with athletics that will try to do it right, to try to develop programs to help their student-athletes, and they'll have good experiences. I don't know if all those things that went down that were illegal in past years, wherever they happened, were good experience for the kids. I don't think it's a great learning experience. You're not teaching them a lot of good things by doing what, by breaking the rules. How much do you think this whole situation is going to evolve, meaning next year, five years from now, there's all sorts of different things as it, as it affects everything because there's stuff right now that we just don't know how it's going to play out? I think that's exactly how it'll play out, PK. I, I just think that we're going to learn a lot real fast. The NCAA has come out with this uh, – I don't even know what they're calling it. It's an interim policy, I guess that is the best way to put it, 
we all anticipate that Congress will come out with a standardized plan because right now you have various ways, depending on which state your school's in, as to how this will be legislated. That's, gonna, that's difficult, and nobody thinks that it can work that way. So we all anticipate, you know, time frame, uh, I'd say at least a year, maybe more, before something solid comes out. But in the meantime, we're going to learn. Right now at BYU, we, you know, in the state of Utah, there is no legislation, which, quite frankly, I think it's a benefit to all the schools in the state. And I think it will be helpful for our student-athletes and that we all are kind of on the same page and each one of our schools now can be able to regulate and assist student-athletes to take advantage the best way they can with NIL. And I think that we put out something today that describes what our um, program is. It has to be that way if you don't, if you're not in a state that's legislated. And we feel that that will, it's not written in pencil, but we'll be, uh, we'll be changing it a lot in the next couple weeks and months to adapt to what we learn from other schools and other parts of the country and some of the student-athletes. I think a lot of, what's, a lot of it's going to be that student-athletes are going to, through their social media contacts and the way, just the way they communicate these days, which is very effectively, that they're going to learn from each other. They're going to learn from best practices how they might be able to participate in NIL. And look, don't get me wrong. I think that this is a long time coming. There's aspects of NIL that are going to be great. And I've said all along that I'm supportive of certain aspects of it. So today is a good day for our student-athletes. But it's also one of those things like when you send your your children off to college and you're like, okay, (laughs) as best I can, but you know that you're going to get some calls back saying, hey, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And I think a lot of kids are going to finally learn that you, you have a name, an image, and a likeness, and you have to make of that what you make of it. There's not going to be people that are going to be coming to all 631 of our student-athletes with deals. I think that some of our student-athletes will have great opportunities to make some money, and rightfully so. I think that's a great thing. And hopefully uh, they'll have been in a position where they'll make really good decisions and be involved with really good people. And if that's the case, that will be a, a very good thing for them. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo joining us. So as the name, image, and likeness rules take over, and there are a lot of boosters at a lot of schools that are smart and are savvy and are invested. And under the old rules, you know, something like Phil Knight, right, and the Nike money, and no one can deny the power and impact he's had on the Oregon Athletic Department. But now, with so many more rules open, it seems like some schools are going to have boosters set up. I don't want to call them shadow governments, or I don't know what to call them, but you know what I'm getting at. And they're going to be just off to the side, off campus, making sure the money flows, trying to give their school a competitive advantage. Are you worried about that? It's going to happen. I'm not really worried about it, because it's going to happen. It's we're we're going to protect against that. We don't want that to happen because it's illegal. 
Now, it's going to be the reason that the NCAA compliance book rule book is like two inches thick is because coaches and administrators have caused so many laws to be written because they've they're going to try to find ways to get things done and new rules have to be put in place all the time. So I, I think you're right, DJ, that there's going to be immediately people trying to figure out a way to quote unquote beat the system. Mm-hmm. There are rules. They're very plain about what you can do. And each, each school has different rules now. Each state or many states have different rules. But there, yeah, you asked a question. Am I worried about people cheating? I can't worry about that. We're just going to do what we do. We're going to prepare our kids the very best way we can. And we think we have a... So, no matter what club you're in as far as uh, a supporter, whether it's the Cougar Club, whether it's the... Uh, Crimson Club, from the highest, most famous, biggest donor down to the bottom. Everybody wants to win, and everybody associated with BYU wants an, another eleven and one season. If they don't want that, it's because they want it twelve and zero, and and that's just the way it is. Do you think, or how much do you think this program going forward is going to help individual programs win? I don't. I think. What will happen is certain student-athletes, prospective student-athletes, will make their decision on what school they attend based on where the money's at. I think that's how you could put it. Whether it's, uh, you know, they're going to get money under the table in a legal way, which has happened for decades and which will continue to happen. But I think that hopefully, hopefully most of the schools – they recruit student-athletes to come to their school for the right reasons, which are to get a great education, to sell the things that are, happen on your school that are dynamite and that have been advantageous for students for, forever, and then to be able to have program, athletic programs that have great coaches and that have success and can develop and grow kids and make them better at their particular sport. And that in the in the end, the student athletes come to school, and they by the, when they spend however much time they spend there, when they leave, they feel that they're better for going to that school. That isn't always the case. Look at the transfer portal. There are so many kids in the transfer portal now. Those kids aren't going to those schools necessarily uh, for the right reasons. They're they're going for why. Well, I guess it could be their right reason. If they want to go just to make money and put themselves in a position to make as much money as they can, then that's where they're going to choose their school. We'd like to think that people aren't coming to BYU because they're going to make the most money while they're here. We think that we can put them, because it's such a great institution and has such a great reputation for its, our graduates, that that's a great selling point. That's a huge competitive advantage for us. And that's what we're going to hang our hat on. It's always been that way, and it always will be that way. BYUAD, Tom Homo joining us. So uh, PK has a theory that there's so much, especially for football, but there's so much attention focused on high school sports 
that a kid can raise their profile locally. And if they stay and play college locally, well, then they're ahead of the game and, and building momentum and their ability to cash in on their name. Do you think this tips the balance of power when it comes to local recruiting, especially football and, and basketball, too, to a lesser degree? I think that, you know, PK, I would agree with that. I think that you look around the country, a lot of kids stay close to home because they have family, they feel comfortable, they have a great connection, and it feels right. And they think that they can accomplish everything that they want to accomplish by going to that local school. And I think the state of Utah, for all of our schools, I think we're in a great spot. The state of Utah is an incredible economy, incredible economy. We have incredible schools. We have the great outdoors. We have so many things that are happening right now. And I hope, I hope that a lot of these kids will stay in the state because they'll be able to connect with the great opportunities that are here. There, in, you know, in years past, maybe when I came in old ages, there might not have been as many things in the state. But I think now the locals, I think you're right, PK. I think that'll, I'd like to believe it's true, and I think you're right. So, Tom, I'm going to throw a total hypothetical at you, which means it may be fair or not, but I want to get your thought on it from your experience. We know that the BYU quarterback is a high, high-profile position. I mean, it's practically a member of the Jazz in terms of their visibility and all that stuff. So a scenario, the whoever the quarterback is, he's successful, and like he was like Zach was last season. So he signs a deal with Channel 2 that says, I will give you an exclusive interview on the field after the game, and he's going to get paid $10,000 per whatever it might be. I don't know. But he signs that, which may be a little bit different. You know, you're supposed to go off the field and have the locker room and the 10-minute cooling pot off period and all that stuff. I'm wondering, could you see a scenario like that where that, not necessarily just BYU, but around the country, Ohio State, SC, wherever, that a kid signs the deal that, in a sense, supersedes what the team has going on? How long did it take you to come up with that idea, PK? We were talking about it this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, this is one of those things where you said, you know, are things going to adapt? I think the answer to that question is, that's a possibility. It, it certainly would be uh, legal and okay for a lot of places. But I think one of the things that we deal with are exclusive contracts. We also deal with would a coach of a team make a policy saying that you can do something with a TV station after we release you from the locker room, but not while we're on the field? I don't know, have an answer to that, but those questions will be answered in short order yeah. because people are going to challenge that. And is that okay? Sure it is. It's going to, it's going to make us work overtime. Our brains are going to have to be on, on at all times. We're going to have to be really creative. We're going to have to put away the things that we thought from the past and start looking to the future. So I think all of those op- – that's, that's legal. I don't see that being anything wrong with that unless somebody had an exclusive. Um, and that, that's one of the things that we're going to have to consider is all the schools in the state of Utah have exclusive deals 
with their school. So I'm going to give an example. We have a deal exclusively on our campus with Coca-Cola, and it's an athletic department and campus deal. So one of the things that people say are, could our student-athletes do a deal with another uh, beverage company? And the answer is they probably could off-campus away without any of our marks or any of our facilities. And those are going to be have to be strictly monitored because we have – we already have contracts that enforce our campus. So that the scenario that you give with individuals doing uh, interviews after the game would have to be in compliance with what those state, and excuse me, not state, campus yeah. and Lake Department contracts already that had already exist. Yeah, and so you'd have to work that out and see if it could come to fruition. Since we're just making stuff up, how about a halftime off the field, walking off the field interview? Ah, <laughs> well, hey, look, one of the things that we can't do is we can't broker deals. So that's one of the rules in the NCAA is people on campus, coaches, administrators, um, ADs, we can't be involved in brokering deals. Right. And so, you know, don't be trying to slide me a little money under the table, PK, to help you out. <laughs> Don't worry about that. PK's never given anybody any money at all. Hey, the Devils went to the Rose Bowl in 87. I gave him 20 bucks. Nice. <laughs> That's why they haven't been back because you haven't given them 20 bucks. There it is. 96. But yeah. <laughs> so I actually had this conversation with a sports information director at another school earlier this week, but I think it applies to every SID in the country. I said, you usually pick, you know, you get the request from the media for whoever after the game, and you pick three to five players and the head coach. Like, you're going to walk in the locker room where a guy's going to be staring you down? It's like, you're costing me money. Run me out there. I'll entertain him. I'll say something. And he just laughed. He says, I don't know, but probably. So does that go back to you got to go to square one on everything everybody does on campus because this changes a lot of things? Yeah, we'll, we'll have to cross that bridge in the fall. We'll, we'll talk about those things. And I think one of the things that it does do is that it does create a little more competitiveness within the team who gets what like it's one thing to see that this person this guy on my team is going to get a little bit more attention in the media it's another thing if that attention is leading to him to get paid and and that's unfortunate i've talked to all our coaches about hey look at your responsibility as a coach just you just added a lot of time because now you're, you've got to be dealing with the unity of the team and the collaboration of team members. And one of the things that's such an important part of successful teams is when players on the team can be happy for other kids' success. That's a great – the greatest teams, players are not envious of other people on the team doing great. And this, when money comes into it, it could be affected. Those are things that our coaches are talking about all the time now, saying, how are we going to convince our players that it's really still, you know, all for one and one for all? we got to come into this together. And even though there's going to be maybe now money on the line, it can't change the fact that we got to be together. You've been involved in the NFL game for many years, and I'm sure, I'm sure you saw some of the evils that money created in all sorts of different ways they can go down the wrong road. 
how much is the university educating or going to be educating these kids as far as if they come into cash on how to handle it and maybe what to expect? That will be encompassed in our Built for Life program. So people, these people will have to deal with taxes now. They, they, where they haven't done that. They'll have to deal with contracts because we are not allowed on our campus to be part of those contracts. So what if somebody, a kid has a contract with um, a company and, and they were supposed to get paid and then the company doesn't pay them? What are they, are they going to come to us now and say, hey, you got to take care of this. They didn't pay me. Well, that's part of how it'll work. You'll have to go get an attorney or you'll have to get someone that will help you deal with that legal issue. It's going to be, you know, there'll have to be a lot of education that takes place that they would probably learn in their first jobs off of campus. Look, we have a lot of kids that are on campus that are students and not student-athletes governed by the NCAA that have had to deal with this already. And that's one of the reasons why I feel that it's okay and I like the fact that student-athletes shouldn't be different from our students on campus. There's reasons to believe that there are because even in the, in the major leagues, NFL, NBA, um, Major League Baseball, there's rules, there's drafts, there's collective bargaining. There's a lot of things that take place to help um, rectify some of these problems that would exist. Right now, it's kind of going to be like the wild, wild west. And then as we see that didn't work or we're not going to be able to do that or here's a new rule or policy that we're going to have to institute, every single school is going to be dealing with that. And we'll find, uh, hopefully, we'll find a place where we can be comfortable until they come out with legislation. And when that day comes, I think even from there, there's going to be a lot of adjustments. So this, the whole landscape of the NCAA has changed. We can't even imagine some of the issues that we're going to be having to deal with, but we'll deal with them as they come up. Um, Corona was probably a good experience for us in this way. There were so many things that athletic departments had to deal with that we had no idea how to do it. And somehow, some way, we got through it. We figured out ways to be at our best. We figured out ways to endure, to overcome, resiliency. And those are some of the principles that we've been telling our kids already. Hey, this is going to be so different. We're going to have to come at you with some policies that we've never had before. And you're going to think that we're restricting you. We'll work together to come up with these policies. And that's what this generation wants. They like participating in their outcomes instead of like right now, a lot of people look at the NCAA and say, kids don't have any, they don't have any say in what their future is uh, as far as, you know, NCAA and, and uh, NIL. And now they do. So again, I would say, Uncharted waters, but let's go. Well, Tom, we could probably create a hundred more hypotheticals and wreck your whole day, but we really ought to let you go. We appreciate you coming on on short notice to uh, talk about all this and kind of cluing Cougar fans on where you're going with your team and, and probably cluing fans of other teams around the state, too. Thanks for joining us. Good luck. And when we have a hundred more hypotheticals, we'll call you back and run them all by you. Hey, just send them down to me. I'll answer them every time. Appreciate okay. It. Thanks, Tom. <laughs>
Tom Homo, BYU Athletic Director. New challenges, new opportunities, probably new rule breakings. Oh, yeah, how yeah, much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much will it really change? Who wins and who loses? Which, as you said, when we heard the jazz management change, all the other stuff is interesting. Depending on how much you want to delve into it, personalities, rules, who's making how much money, what people are like off the court. But at the end of the day, to use a Donald. very popular phrase, <laughs> at the end of the day, who won and who lost? Right. When you say, hey, what happened in the game? That's usually what you cut right to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder how much this is going to oh, impact shit, winning my and losing. four-year-old came home from T-ball. I said, you win? <laughs> Did you win? Seriously. Uh, the youth sports stories are just awesome. Don't have a scoreboard. Do you Don't eat keep tonight? score. You're playing. And the parents are up there. Oh, man. So like, okay, you know the kids are keeping score, right? The six-year-olds, you can't stop them. They're out there keeping score. You want to ride home from the game or you want to walk? I coached four-year-old girls in soccer this past year. And they keep score, right? They legitimately would come off the field. Hey, I just scored two goals. We're up 6-2, right? Yeah. yeah. They know exactly what's going on. Good. I keep score every day of my life. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, we're getting you caught up next. Rises and fires for three. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz. You're outstanding. But the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA Draft. To free agency and on to the summer league, the zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When you get the carpets and the tile clean, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean. Don't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376. Or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. And your house will look shiny and new. Shiny and new. All right, stuff you've missed in this show. If you're just tuning in, you're one segment too late to catch Tom Homo. Name, image, likeness. It's payday time for college athletes. This is the ultimate developing story. Yeah, right? (laughs) There's nothing final about this. Everyone's going to learn, and he's right. The, the, everyone laughs that the NCAA rulebook is so big. Well, the NCAA rulebook is so big because every time they write a rule, everybody goes home and immediately tries to figure out the workaround to get around the rule. And then they write another rule, and there's another workaround, and that's how this is going to work. Sure, yeah. Schools can't set up deals. Right. But the kid, I mean, it's so obvious. Just get an exclusive interview with the quarterback. What are you going to do? What's the school going to do? Tell them no? I can tell them no. If you can't do it on campus, good. We'll just walk a block away. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They, they, don't, they take the teeth out of the university being able to say yeah. anything. That's awesome. Should get easier to get uh, guests on Sunday night shows from uh, college you athletes now. You can't pay them. No, you can't. That was the flaw with the scenario you put up, the whole paying for interviews thing. You're not the uh, you're not TMZ or the National Okay, Inquirer. but but you guys do it with all those jazz players. 
You know, under the bleachers and under the stands and... Oh, 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 back in the day with the thing. Yeah, what did they get out of that? I don't know that Hornacek got paid. I don't know what he did. I'll have to ask Fox. (laughs) He ain't doing it for free. Joe isn't doing it for free. No, Joe is not doing the radio for free. So what's the difference? Yeah. I honestly If it's a long-standing thing, you don't pay for news. Right. That's... A breach of ethics to the highest degree. Yes. Didn't we see one of these networks found out they were paying for something? They paid the dude from Tooele who about went that. to the sixth, and he was, was getting paid to to, or they paid for him Correct. to show the video, and it was legitimate news services. And I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding me! Yeah. This is unbelievable. This is a complete yeah, and total absolute the no. Whole, the whole fine line, you know, will yeah. uh, will TV stations buy video? Well, then it's like paying a stringer to shoot it. I think is the whole logic rationalization for that. But you don't pay a newsmaker. For a news interview. For interviews. Right, yeah. But when but it's, actually, a, when you it's know, an established that, When thing. I was a kid, right, when I was a kid, like Dan Fouts would come in studio on the CBS station's local news on, I don't know, Tuesday or whatever, some midweek, and, and talk for like five minutes. You know, yeah, your when hero, he Danny a, Fouts. Yeah, he was a big deal, and I was in... He was good. Yeah, he I don't was. know what he was in the interview, probably, because I heard oh, him he, on TV a million times doing the broadcasting. Yeah, oh, he was But, funny. I mean, he, he was a heck of a player. He would jam up the sports guy. There was a little chemistry there. You can jam him up. So, I just, uh, that's going to be curious to see. Are we see. overblowing this? Is this more, I mean, a player's going to make a lot of money off this. A lot of players, are we making too much out of this? Is it going to change the balance well, of power and winning and losing? No, I don't think it's going to change the balance of power and winning and losing, but if kids can make money, this is what we wanted yeah. And so well, if any of us were given a chance to make an extra five thousand dollars, any listener in your car, if you had a chance to make an extra oh, no grand or five no grand, yeah. Of course. Especially since it's relatively uh it's not relatively really, easy to do. Yeah. It's it's not heavy lifting is what I was looking for. Um so yeah, I can't answer all these questions because no question can be answered definitively right now. No question can be in, in, answered definitively next year. We'll, we'll have to look back 10, 15, 20 years. Without question, though, the Jimmers of the world, the Tim Tebows of the world, you know, look back at guys who we know are popular and all that. Can you imagine what a Tebow would have been worth? What would people in Florida, his third year in school, be willing to be willing to fork over to get him oh, to you do would an think appearance. It would be hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah, and the same thing with Jimmer here. The Jimmer phenomenon was literally unlike we had anything we'd ever seen because it's rare in college that an individual is bigger than the team. Because usually the biggest individual in a college team is the coach. Yeah, you know. But Jimmer was the exception. Yeah, Urban. Yeah. It's not Florida State, Ohio State. It's Urban. <laughs> Wherever he goes. Yeah, and. Jimmer was the exception. Those U, those great U teams, those were great teams. It was Majerus. Majerus got all the love. And then until the guys got drafted into the pros, then they cashed in big time. Yeah, but Van Horn would have done all right. Not to the level of Jimmer. Agreed. Jimmer was a freak in that way. Yes, agreed. Agreed. But then to your point, the last few years, what would any of the Utes have been worth? You know, if you're on a team that's well, their scholarship. Fi- 500-ish, right, yeah. Right now, right, but we right. say that. But then the the whole thing came out that Kuzma was getting ten grand from some apparel company down the line. So, to what degree do businesses, especially in basketball, do these say, "Hey, just on the off chance you blow up, we're going to take care of you now"? 
And Kuzma's the kid who did. Sure, but that was on a Sweet 16 team, too. It was. It was a better team. So, Right. Right. But when they cut that deal with him in high school, he hadn't been on a Sweet 16 team. Maybe they reckon him he's 6'10". Right, he's got the... Right. It goes back to the Paul Paul George. It's central casting. Send me a basketball player. And this guy comes through the door like, yep, that's a basketball player. Yeah, yeah. So... I find this exciting and fascinating at the same time is where are we going with this? It's new and it's because different and it's unpredictable. Tom Homo, who's played at the highest level, coached at the highest level, yeah. been in athletics for 40-plus years, can't offer definitive answers on this or that. They're trying their best in this build-for-life thing. I give the Cougars the credit. And then, sure enough, a few hours later, the Utes released their thing on the very same day. <laughs> and I give them credit, too. you, you got to try and get ahead yeah, of it. Absolutely, even though man. it's impossible. But he's right. A lot of the stuff he brought up, hey, coaches, you're going to have to work on team building. You know, it's, uh, I mean, the, there's a lot of examples, but an easy one would be, does some dude on the offense, want to, some wide receiver or tight end, want to sprint 30 or 40 yards to throw a block? Is it just second nature to sprint 30, 40 yards, throw a block, so the running back goes 70 yards? I think in the moment, yes. Hope so. Certainly hope so. Because that's what, and if not, you don't want that kid on your team. Yeah. There's... The intoxication that comes from winning is unlike any intoxication. Not that I've been intoxicated, but I've been around winning. You get the adrenaline rush would be the better word. Yeah. Yeah. The adrenaline rush. We all have it on our small levels. I've been fortunate enough. I literally was in the Bulls locker room when they won their first title. When MJ won his first title, I was right there. Right. So you experience that. And that's pro basketball, but at the college football level, a game I'm sure you will always remember you're on the road, BYU wins a TCU, and TCU's really good, and BYU's questioning how good they are. And they know when they win that game, everybody knows BYU is good. Everybody at BYU knew it. All the Utes knew it. Random media members like myself out at high school football following a game on the radio are like, this BYU team must be good because they just won a TCU. They didn't lose again the rest of that year. Yeah. And you knew it, and you've talked about uh, seeing guys hug after the game. Brandon and John Beck. Yeah, John Beck has arrived. In the locker room. Yeah. He's, for all the issues early, there is now no debate. He's arrived. That was a seminal moment in yeah. BYU football. So it's, that's that adrenaline rush you get. Oh, yeah, back to Harley. so hopefully, there's no and money you know, there. there's an argument that this other bad stuff will happen. Maybe that team would have fallen apart anyway without name, image, and likeness. And now it'll be possible to say, well, the name, image, and likeness. And teams have fallen apart. That's an old story. Mm-hmm. When I first started, first team I ever saw fall apart, I saw a UC Santa Barbara basketball team start 15-1, and one, and there was a blow-up between some players, and I think they finished like 23-8 uh, and eight or something like that. But the great thing about it is they lived in Santa Barbara. They did. So it didn't matter. Except for one guy who took off and ended up playing professionally in Puerto Rico. (laughs) Which was still a win. Well, that's (laughs) just one ocean to the other. Right. Warmer (laughs) water. You got that. Over there on that side, yeah. So we spent a lot of time this morning on name, image, and likeness. We did spend some time on the NBA playoffs. The Suns have done it after a lost decade. Two years removed from a 16-win team. They're in the NBA Finals. And the Clippers The Clippers knew. I think the Suns threw the knockout punch late in the third quarter. Phil, really, Chris Paul threw it. And the seven-point lead with the knockout the shove by Patrick Beverly. <laughs> that, was, that was after it was over. That was, it felt like it was done at that point. 
And I, I think the Clippers knew it was done. It's probably why. Beverly and I have did no it. negative to say about the Clippers. I mean, they battled. That's all you could ask for. They were undermanned. They got. They won two ball games, uh, and that was that was very impressive. I have nothing negative to say about Paul George. Uh, he played his butt off, and so that's all you can ask of an, of anybody. He wasn't going to follow up 15 of 20 with 15 of 20 again. No one sustains that. Give me your that. best. He gave his best effort. And that, that's all you can ask for is literally give me your best. Larry Miller had a quote about that. They used to have it uh, up on a wall down here before they remodeled. Maybe it's somewhere else in the building. Just give me your best. Clippers gave their best. Suns, it's a fresh story, and I'm excited for them. I want to see them bring it home. Uh probably going to be favored and they don't know who they're going to play obviously it's between two teams um, but i would think they'd be favored but you know they still got to go get it done uh, and maybe these ratings won't be great for the nba but i don't care about that i've never cared about that i just care about what i'm interested in and i'm going to be interested in this dj and pk it's 97.5 at 1280 the zone your feedback coming up next stay with us and it's all over almost here. Top 1660 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 130 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness right here on the Zone Sports Network. Yes. Time for your feedback. <laughs> Brandon at Liberty Mutual. Yes. Wild, wild west all over again. Violations will run rampant. They already are. But, I know. Uh, sure. The school can't be. broker deals, and the line in the sand there is uh, you can't turn these kids into employees. They don't want to do that. That's a line they don't want to cross, even if they have to But the line will be moved themselves. 100 times. Yes, I totally believe that. It, what what does all this NIL stuff means? And uh, and Abel says uh, it means eleven year old me isn't getting Coach Majerus on the ninety four running Utes team to sign that wax paper at Crown Burger after their practice. I don't know about that. Uh, I do think that uh, we have to look at this and realize there's going to be violations, there's going to be trouble, there's going to be a bunch of unknowns, but that doesn't mean you don't try to do the right thing. And student-athletes have the right to make money off their name, image, and likeness. We are capitalists, after all. Yeah, if you sold jersey, a jersey that says Fredette on it, and Fredette doesn't get any money on it, it doesn't make any sense. Agreed. Or if you bought a 44 jersey, but it didn't say Van Horn, but you bought it from 93 to 97. <laughs> Why were you buying it? Van Horn. Yeah. Eventually, some guy from the cross-country team or some girl from the diving team will get miffed because they can't make any money because no one cares about them or their sport, and they'll file a lawsuit, and we'll have more litigation. Uh, You know, I don't know if that's true, particularly from the female aspect, because I think that based on my experience, and I've had this told to me, that female athletes are the purest of the pure in terms of they're going to school to get an education and play their sport and they want to win, and they work hard and all, but they're not looking at it. Somebody explained this to me, and it was actually a female who explained this to me uh, several years back as far as basketball. You know, this was, uh, they're not looking to go professional. Even though there's opportunities for them now, and for, you know, those who are good enough, but 
I, I don't know that I necessarily see that, but at the same time, this is a whole brand new avenue that hadn't existed, so who's to say? Yeah. And there's probably going to be some. But maybe that person uh, who runs a, a, some record mile or what have you, using the cross-country reference, and has a, just a beautiful personality and markets herself, and who's to say? There's the cross-country runner's world magazine or what have you. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and the shoe apparel companies, well, they Club find out that, world. hey, maybe I yeah. need to go find these elite runners and that they can turn into Olympians and sell shoes, and maybe we got to look at this a different way. That's not widespread, but in the cross-country world, maybe can, it means something. And that can still move a lot of shoes. Yeah. What to, will I pay you folks. if you can move 10,000 pairs of shoes? Yeah. So I, I wouldn't put, or golf, golf equipment, having some stud, male or female, on the golf team, uh, and ping signs them up, I was whatever. I say, you're probably going to have that happen. Yeah. BYU, I know like BYU's men's golf team, they have a deal with, with ping, but what if some kid says, I want to play TaylorMade over here? Whatever it might be. Yeah. And yeah. so he or she cuts a, a deal with, you know, there's all sorts of golf brands, and golf is sure. a billion-dollar industry, you know what I mean? Some oh, sports lend themselves to, to it more than others. And I meant to tell you this. We need to discuss this on a slow day. My wife plays a lot of golf with women in women's league, and she, women's leagues and teams, competitions. Right. Is that one today? Uh-huh. There's a lady <laughs> that she knows that got irons, and the word is the new irons, $10,000. No way. Yes. Yeah. Hold on. What? <laughs> yes. Ten thousand dollars. Ten grand on not okay. on clubs on irons. Ir- irons. Yeah. I was golfing this past weekend with a guy who has a nine hundred dollar driver, but ten thousand dollars for irons. That's what the word was circulating that these irons cost ten thousand, and the lady said, "Yeah, they ought to swing themselves." Now, obviously, <laughs> she had the nice. finances to go ahead and they, do it. They better clean themselves too. But how about that? Staggering. I lost my seven iron. I can't find it. So I said, I'm going to have to get a new set. Well, we'll, we'll look some more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DJ PK, we're out of time. Hands and Scotty are coming up next. Stay with us.